0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Joni Stahl. Hope you guys are doing good today. I'm feeling pretty good. So that makes me doubly glad to be here. And I don't want to waste a minute of time. I just want to start talking about the Lord. I just want to share things that God is just speaking to my heart about. And as always, I pray about every single thing I teach you guys. And sometimes the Lord will just pop something in during the middle of the day or even after I've prayed and read my Bible or whenever, and he'll start speaking to me. And I love that about the Holy Spirit. And As a matter of fact, I appreciate that about him because it really teaches me and teaches us that he moves when he wants to move. And it teaches us just to be attentive to the voice and to give us the ears of the learned. And that's what we want, right? He's um, not something that we throw a coin in and pull a lever and he speaks to us. So I did ask him today, you know, I said, Lord, I said, what, what is it that you want me to share with people today? Is there a word that you want me to give? Is there somebody heart, somebody's heart hurting? You know, I put all these questions before him and I went my way. And as I was reading my Bible today, completely out of the chapters I was in, I thought of a scripture I remember from 1 Thessalonians. And I'm going to read from that first chapter and I'm going to just allow the living waters to flow from there. And so... I was thinking about who do we resemble, what, what do we leave people with after they've met us maybe just only once in their life, or people who've come in and out of our life or the people we live with every day or work with, or people who don't ever talk to us, but they're our neighbors and they see us every day, what are we leaving them with? And I really believe that the Holy Spirit was moving this morning, and I believe he will move in this word because this is from him. And I'm, I'm really confident of that. It says in chapter one, verse one, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus to the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God, the father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, <clears throat> excuse me, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I bow before the Lord of heaven and earth lord i exalt your name these are your words lord that i will be sharing i ask that you breathe upon them holy spirit that you make your own word come alive to every single hearer to open the eyes of the blind and lord to open the eyes of those who need to have them opened up even more And to give us understanding, to open up the eyes of our understanding that, Lord Jesus, that we would be followers of Christ and not of men, not of people, not of things, nothing of this world, but true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that all the world, everywhere we have gone in our life, people will always remember what manner of people and persons we were among them for their sakes bless this message jesus for i do it unto you i serve you and i am blessed lord god to be called your servant i thank you lord and rest this now in your hands in jesus name you know the first thing I want to bring out as he says remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father you know I speak a lot about sight because it really is all about seeing and it's that we get we become conflicted in our bodies who we're really serving. And we don't realize that we put a lot of stock in ourselves and a lot of stock in even really good teachers and in always leaning on inspiration and things that we can, I think that we have a self perception that we can control, but that there are things that we do in the sight of God because the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. That's what it says in Proverbs. And so your life is being watched by God, prime number one. And like I, I like to remind everybody, I believe that the call of God in my life is to always point you to that direction, to keep your eyes looking that way, not this way, because Christ is your sight. And let's go on when he says knowing brethren beloved your election of god for our gospel came not unto you in word only but also in power and in the holy ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake and you know i think that it's important for us to focus on what manner of person are you what manner of person am i You know, it's not about a YouTube channel. It's about it's about your conduct and your character. Because you see like for instance, there are people that can have absolute all eyes on them. They're fluent in scripture. For the most part, they're beautiful in nature. They've you know, they, they they preach the gospel, they're fellowshipping, they're at work, but there's something underlying in there that maybe they're quick to anger and, and it just comes out like that. Have you ever been around somebody where you're like, it's shocking? You're like, where did that come from? Because that is something that's living in them. And it really, it like mars the whole, it's like having a stain. It like mars everything. It stains everything, but there's something in them. And that's the thing that God wants us to realize that in this life that we're walking out, that he uses the people in our life and things in our life because it's it's a working in us, working out those things in us that should not leave anybody with a memory of what we don't want them to remember about us, but we wanna be real in it, right? So we want to be the people that, if you only met somebody one time, you want them to remember there was a woman, there was a guy I met back in that day. I met a guy, I met this woman. I don't know who or she was, he was or who she was, but that person affected my life just by watching him or her. I don't know what it was about him or her, but I watched them. And I've had that before. I've watched people when I was in my sinful days, when I was, you know, not doing the right thing. But I knew I saw a Christian and maybe that person never even talked to me, but I watched that person. And I'm not going to name anybody's names because it's not good to do that. But I remember there's people I watched. And I I wondered about them, and I knew that there was a light about them. And maybe I didn't even know the language, like, oh, there was light about them. But I saw that there was something different about them. And it was something that was – it just held my attention. Like, I always was watching them, and they were excellent in spirit. They conducted themselves in difficult situations. They, Of course, they weren't perfect. And I just want to say this because it's really – this is one of my biggest pet peeves is this saying – All of us have said, I've stopped saying it a long time ago. You know, one of the quick responses to people when it talks about conduct and character and holiness is they go, well, I'm not perfect. Um, I think that needs to have a proper burial because the truth is no one living on earth since the fall of Adam and Eve has been perfect. No one is perfect. You will never be perfect. I will never. We're not supposed to. We're an old man Adam. This is where we're learning. So when we try to to contain, like if there's things in us that aren't right, and we just try to hide it with more scripture and hide it with more external appearance of holiness, it's just a buildup that is going to come out one way or another. And so on one hand, We are recognizing those things that aren't in us and we're ever keeping them before the Lord. And we are also with that exercising ourselves unto godliness. There's not some big cosmic white eraser that's going to come inside and scrub it all away because you're not going to learn anything. You have to learn how to possess your own vessel. But let's continue. It says, and you became followers, six, verse six, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. So notice when he says you were examples to all that believe in two cities, Macedonia and Inchaia, they were speaking about the Thessalonians and in verse 80 says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we don't need to speak anything. You know, you leave people, you know, we have words, but you know that saying actions speak louder than words. You know, as born again believers, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. His life is the reality is he's living in us. And if you are truly born again, he's not going to put up with sinning. He's not going to put up with it. If you sin, we have an advocate with the father. There's grace for grace, but a continual sinning. He's not going to put up with, he'll orchestrate and allow things to happen to, you know, bend you back in to being righteous in him, but of your own will and volition. And I really thought about that. I thought about what Paul was saying here about the Thessalonians, about their faith, about how other cities were talking about them, even though they didn't actually meet the people of Thessalonia, But they heard about the church and Thessalonica. They heard about them. And not just Macedonia and Achaia, but other places where paul and his company didn't need to talk about it they already knew about it and so is your faith being spread abroad is my faith is my conduct my character is your conduct and your character being spread abroad do people see something in you are they talking about you i'm not saying we'll ever know but we want to hope that we have left something the aroma of life unto life or the aroma of death unto death. You know, what says now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Like I said, to some were the savor of aroma of life unto life and others uh, aroma of death unto death. What What fragrance or stink are we leaving behind? The Lord even said in one of the books I was reading in the prophets, he says, your stink has come up before me. You stink. And, you know, another thing I was thinking, I was looking at, I was thinking about when I was uh, putting this, uh, these thoughts together. I thought about Gideon. In Gideon's chapter eight, after he had completely defeated the Midianites and after Zeba and Zalmunna, the prince, and king of Midian were taken captive. I thought about these words when he came to them and they were being, you know, hidden. Some other, I forget the name of the town, but they were hiding them out. And Gideon found out about it. He went over there and he said, right to their faces, he said unto Zeba and Zalmunna, what manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And they answered, as thou wert worked so are they so it says so were they each one resembled the children of a king i mean think about it we're looking at the midianites were a wicked heathenistic society i mean we can go i can go into the culture about it but i don't need to you could do that yourself but they were they were evil midian But notice what the king and the prince said. They weren't asking other soldiers that were being captured. They weren't weren't asking slaves. They weren't asking the people of Midian. They asked the king and the prince. He asked the king and the prince, what manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And they answered, "As as thou art, so were they. Each one of them resembled the children of a king. Do you resemble the child of a king? I mean, I really want you guys to think about this as well as myself. I mean, who are we really resembling? You know, yeah, I can go back to Cain and I can say, well, you know, I mean, Adam and Eve, they were created in the image and likeness of God, but then they fell And when Adam had children, it said they were, you know, born after his image. But when we were born again, it said we took on the new creation. It says, if you be, you know, if we're born again, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, behold, you're a new creation. But that is to me so profound to me that a king and a prince would say to Gideon, as you are. What did Gideon look like? Was it just that he was handsome? There was something beautiful. Think about Daniel, Azariah, Mishael, and Hananiah when they went to Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he had them take them in. I want them to prepare them to stand before me. and I want them to eat the king's portion and drink the king's wine. And they said, we're not eating his food and we're not drinking his wine, but we ask you give us 10 days to eat pulse and water, beans, lentils. And it was agreed that they could do that. But it said their countenance when the time was came for them to stand before that heathen king, it said their countenances were fairer than the other ones that were drinking that king's wine. And his portion. And when I think about this king and this prince, they were looking, he said, each one resembled the children. So that means there was an awe in them. That's how I read it. That they were saying, they didn't just say, Well, they all looked like it, it said, each one of them. You know, and I just so hear the Lord in this, like he sees each one of us, like, you know, sometimes we think we're so lost in some big flock that God's like, yeah, those are, that's all my flock over there. Like we see through human eyes. You see, God will see a flock. Jesus is the great, that great shepherd of the sheep. And he has a great and mighty flock, but it says he sees and knows each one by name. Just like a forest of trees. There's a million trees, but he sees each tree. He sees each leaf on the tree, though they look the same. They're all different. But what do we resemble? What are we leaving this world with? What are we leaving people a room or maybe we sat down to dinner with someone? Are they saying, what is it about that? What is it about her? what is it about him i don't know what it is because you see people that are unsaved they 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 don't realize that they see a spiritual light because that light that is in you is the light of jesus christ by virtue of the holy spirit and it shows on your face look at look at what it said about stephen it said his face shone like that of an angel you imagine what his face looks like I can only imagine what a beautiful man as thou art so were they each one resembled the children of a king and he said they were my brethren even the sons of my mother you know he said that but we are the sons and daughters of the highest now Do we resemble him? And you trash the word. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, I keep, keep, stop beating up yourself too. Jesus Christ's blood and what he did for you, you cannot out, his mercy endures forever. You need to start, you need to throw your shoulders back now. You need to stop walking hunched over. You need to stop bowing down like the woman who was bowed down by Satan for 18 years, being a daughter of Abraham. The Lord's like, stand up straight. The Lord even told the Levites, he said, I'm going to make you to walk with your head held high. And not a haughtiness, not like, well, we're Christians because if we're really Christians, then there's going to be no haughtiness or pride in us. Like we got something over on the world. You know what they need to see? It's like, you know, I'm thinking about this word. I saw this this quote by A.B. I think his name is A.B. Simpson. And he said, I had power, but I lacked sweetness. See, we can be powerful in word and we can give a word and it's powerful, but there's no no sweetness. And so it You know, it says again in 1 Thessalonians, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And you know, every word is God breathed, every scripture, everything that's in there. And that's just, God just really, to be honest with you, God drew me to that verse about two weeks ago and it keeps popping into my mind. And then I think about this in 1 John 3, 1 through 3, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world knoweth not us because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall become like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. See, what the enemy likes to do is he likes to get everybody lukewarm he wants to get everybody doubting he wants to get everybody um so um dr- bedraggled and going along the way you would not believe how many uh emails i get from people that it just it really breaks my heart and i i just i i love to get these emails because i want to do everything i can to assure these people and they are beautiful people they're sincere-hearted people They are lovers of Jesus Christ, but there's something in them that cannot break from, but I am not worthy. There's something that I just feel like, why would God pay attention to me? And so there's this low kind of existence in Christ where they're like, yeah, I'm right over here in the back of the building. I'm, you know, I'm over here. It's like, you know, Jesus sees you as if you were in the front of the building. You know, I look at what it says here for Second Thessalonians, it says that in verse 11 and 12, it says, As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children, that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory you know, we were called, we are called into his kingdom and glory. You know, you guys, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep going over and over the same thing, but I think it's really important that we realize that our life is speaking to people one way or another in one way or another. Everybody's so hung up on postmodern. Well, I'm not handing out any tracks. I, I don't, I don't get around other people to preach the word, um, But when I do preach the word, everybody gets mad at me. It's not even about that. A lot of things are done in silence. It's what people are seeing you do or not do. You know, to a lot of people, I think what makes them so mad about Christians is it's not that they're so contentious or, or frustrated with what we do, but what we refuse to do. That's what gets their attention that, and it's not because, and I don't have to say this to you because you're Christians, but if you got, if someone's listening right now and you're not a Christian, just let me say this to you. Um, A a true Christian, a true Christian remembers where they came from. A true Christian doesn't all of a sudden uh, look down at their nose at everybody. In fact, they live with the remembrance of where Christ when Christ delivered them and you know it's the Holy Spirit that delivers you you know we we can accept the Lord we can you can say Lord I receive and I believe I believe your gospel I receive you as my Savior and I and I and I pray that you make me now a true Son of God in, in, in this work of your salvation but you know it's the Holy Spirit that saves it's the Holy Spirit Jesus saves yes Jesus Christ saves but He does a work in you by the Holy Spirit. So it's really as you are going on in your life and whatever that looks like, whether, you know, everybody has some kind of a different path. But God is working in you. And and it's not just for you because it's about the people around you as long as you live. Just like the people of Macedonia and Achaia, they never met all the people, maybe a couple of them they met, but they were like, what is it about those people in Thessalonica that we're hearing about that they're full of faith that they're you know about their work of faith and their labor of love and patience of hope. I mean, those are some wordy words. That means whatever it is that the Thessalonians were doing, it was spreading around and they didn't know each other. How could you know everybody? So I've made that point. You know, I think about something too. you know, It says in Hebrews 12, 22, 24, about, you know, it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. You know, we know, a lot of us have studied that, and we do realize that Abel's blood spoke of vengeance, and Jesus' blood spoke of forgiveness. But your life has Words you're going to leave behind with everybody. They're going to remember things you reacted to. So it's not just words. It could be a look on your face. It can be what you refrained yourself from doing while everybody was doing it. And it can be in a myriad of different circumstances. We want to resemble the children of a king. You know, it says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. You know, you, you really do take on the resemblance of the person that you spend most time with if you are putting all your trust in them. You know, I remember something Spurgeon said one day, and I was reading it, and he said, Um, he was talking about being independent in the Lord, right? And he said, it takes a lot of courage to be independent of the Lord. I'm not talking about an Island. We know what Spurgeon meant. Okay. We know who he is, but he said, there's many of you that will hear something from the Lord and the Lord will tell you, I want you to go do that. Go do this or do, do something. But then you go to a leader in your church or you go to a friend and you say, well, I heard the Lord say this to me to do this. But what do you think? He said, the job is done. Don't even go and do it anymore. It's about obedience to the Lord. And a lot of times that takes courage. And to be independent in Jesus Christ takes courage. I'm independent in the Lord, but not independent of Christ. I want to do what he's telling me to do. And you want to do what he's telling you to do. And all these things are adding up to what manner of person you are among everybody. You know, today I was taking a walk. I took Jojo, my dog, Potty. I took her to a regular place. Now as I was walking back, I saw a woman kind of walk fast, the street and she all of a sudden I saw her where I would walk by I saw her sit down and put her face in her hands and she was clearly sobbing and I approached her and I said are you okay and she looked up and she was obviously crying and she said she looked to be a little bit older than me and she said I just broke up with uh, my boyfriend and I said oh that's really hard it's really hard. And she said, yes, it is. And I'm not going to get into everything I said. And I just felt an open door. She just looked so hungry and so needy and disheveled and grieved and sad. And she says, I'm so sad. And she talked about this thing. And you know, all of a sudden Psalm 23 came to my mind. I said, she told me her name was Louise. I said, Louise, I said, are you familiar with Psalm 23? And she goes, I don't know. What does it say? I said, it says that the Lord is your shepherd. He's your shepherd. That you shall not want. That he makes you to lie down in green pasture. Because he wants to stop everything in your life. He wants to... Cause you to follow him now beside the still waters. He wants to restore your soul. So that he can place you in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And yes, you are going to walk through this valley of the shadow of death. But he'll go with you. And his rod and staff will comfort you. And you know what else he does? He'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. I'm not calling your ex your enemy.